Welcome to the podcast version of Police Science Doctor, the online resource bridging the gap between research and investigative practice. For police personnel who go the extra mile. For academics who want to connect better with investigative practitioners. On YouTube and on policesciencedoctor.com. Hello, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, depending on where you are. This is Suzanne Knabernicol from Police Science Doctor with the weekly Police Science Snippet broadcast. What I do with these police science snippets is I go through lots of new academic published articles. Um, not necessarily all of them are new, but I do get the notifications from the public um, publishers that when they come out. And I have a look to see if there's anything that might be immediately practical or actionable to frontline practitioners like yourself. So if you work in law enforcement, military intelligence, anything related to that, or if you're studying in the field, researching in the field, then these might be of interest to you. So what I try and distill from these snippets is those that are not actually so theoretical, so abstract or extremely specific that they don't really um, have any relevance to you. I'm trying to find snippets that can actually be used by you or applied straight away, or you can start thinking about applying them straight away. So these weekly police science snippets are something that I email out to anyone who subscribes to the police science doctor email list. And you can do, the, do so for free if you go to policesciencedr.com. You just leave your details in the form and you will get these emails to you every week, these snippets, but you also get the link to the original research if you want to dig in a little bit further. Uh, something else that I wanted to mention to you before I get to the snippets is that I'm currently filling some spaces for three training sessions that Dr. Chris Allen is running. Um, Chris Allen is somebody I interviewed a while ago. I work with him on the, um, we've got some courses on the Police Science Doctor Academy. He's a researcher, commentator, and lecturer in the fields of organized and transnational crime. And we've got three sessions lined up that you can join in. They are £49 each. Um, the first two people who book onto each course get the get it for free, though. So if you're quick, you might be lucky. Just contact, um, email me on contact at policesciencedr.com. So the first session is on firearms smuggling. Second one is non money laundering. And the third one is on cybercrime. Now, we're doing these on the 20th of April, 27th of April and 4th of May. So these are three consecutive Wednesdays. It's a two-hour live session where he's basically teaching the content and then there's one hour of a discussion with all the delegates. This is then being recorded and then later on it will be um, available um, immediately on the Police Science Doctor Academy. If you want to have a, a bit of a look at that, then um, please, here's the Here's the link that should hopefully appear. No, it doesn't appear. Um, but if you go to www.academy.policesciencedr.com or if you just go to my main website, which is policesciencedr.com and click on learn, you'll be taken to the academy. This is what the course poster looks like. Have a look at all the sessions that are available there. And as I said, we're actually filling the first three right now, which is firearm smuggling, money laundering and cybercrime. So I hope this will be of interest to you. Now let's get to the actual snippets for this week, shall we? So the first one is the cognitive interview um, on suspects. You've heard me talk about the cognitive interview before. Usually it's known to be uh, very useful in the sense of um, doing witness interviews, even victim interviews. Um, but here's a study that actually looked at the feasibility of the cognitive interview for suspects as well. The cognitive interview, mainly known in the context of witness interviews, elicited significantly more detail from suspects in a mock interview study than a standard suspect interview. This increase of detail raises the question of also considering the cognitive interview as a lie detection tool. Um, 
now this is not a this is very interesting it's not a completely new idea i've heard of this concept before of potentially using the cognitive interview to detect deception because it will require a lot of um, cognitive processing from a lying suspect who's trying to make things up and actually keep track of them if they're being interviewed in the cognitive using the cognitive interview method so this is quite interesting um anyone who's interested in that if you got the email from me have a look at the original article and see where it takes you second one for today is automated automating geographic profiling a study found that inputting suspects activity locations into a system called gp smart which stands for geographic profiling suspect mapping and ranking technique achieved the correct ranking of suspects at or near the top of suspect lists so significantly better than chance alone and if this is um i don't know if they actually did a direct comparison to human geographic profilers doing it but it could really significantly ease load on overloaded police forces, you know, who are struggling with resources if this could, process could be automated. Um, and I saw that the article is actually referencing a book chapter that I wrote with Professor Lawrence Allison, which is quite exciting. They did misspell my surname, but um, I have contacted the author, so hopefully they'll be able to update that shortly. Maybe not, but um, it would be great if they could. And the third article for today is Demographic Differences in Acceptance of Acceptance of Rape Stereotypes. Um, a survey found that test a survey that tested the public's accuracy on whether or not a number of statements related to rape were correct or incorrect. So they were seeing, you know, is, do you believe in the stereotype? And obviously a, a belief in something that is wrong would be coded as wrong. Uh, this survey found that Black and Asian participants and men were significantly more likely to accept stereotypes than other demographic groups. So this is quite interesting. I haven't heard of anything, any such differences before. So that males, um, Black people and Asian people are more likely to believe stereotypes when it comes to rape. So these rape myths that still exist in society, we do need to get rid of them because they're very harmful for for everyone who's victimized and then obviously might be put off from reporting it because of the, the fear of um, stereotypes affecting the investigation and how they will be treated and how they'll be seen and everything. So again, the link to the original research is in the email. So these were the snippets for this week. I hope you found them of interest. Have a look at the courses that I mentioned earlier on. Just go to policesciencedr.com and click on learn and you'll be taken to the academy and you'll see all available courses there. And until next time, thank you very much for your time today. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this content useful. You can get access to each episode's transcript with key learning points, timestamps, and references if you get yourself onto my mailing list. Just go to the main website on policesciencedoctor.com and on the bottom of each page you will find a sign-up form for notifications of new content. Just enter your first name, your preferred email address, and the type of organization you work for. You will not get any spam, this is just for me to let you know about new content and for you to get access to all the transcripts.